Hi, I'm Heidi Holton, and you're listening to Galti and the Gators Blues and News Show in Scotland.
so we're going to take you there today. Welcome to Golf Navigator. Must be Friday. Yep, must be. Must be. Or is it? Oh, it's it. I know. I know. I was going to say that. <laughs> you stole my. I know. Stole my joke. See, I was going to say, oh, we could pretend this is going to be our last ever show, but nobody believes us anyway. No, no, <laughs> no. It might be your last ever show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will not be mine. Anyway, two minutes to move this dog. Maybe sick, aren't you? Pain in the bum. So today we are very excited about this show. It's been um, it's, I, it's I been was, in the pipe work. It's been we've been like you know it's been hard to, to, to get uh, to get the um, chat clipped down because there was so much cool stuff to talk about and and the guy. So w- should we just go and see what's about? Mm-hmm. Aye. Yeah, right. Um, two minutes because this uh, this microphone's been annoying and the dog's making it even harder to compute. She's she's got very sooky for some reason. She wants to be sitting on everybody's knee, and she's normally quite content in the sunshine. She's, she's gone on a barbecue in a minute. <laughs> Dave Arcari said she's the right size for a brioche bun. Hi, hi. We won't mention what else he said. Yeah, anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all we have to do is wipe its yeah. um, ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, <Nose. laughs> actually, I probably right, <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, we put this show together because a while ago we watched a... So, we're big John Lee Hooker fans and, and we watched a um, documentary about um, his career. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that stood out for us mostly about his career was um, he had been famous two or three times and, and still never had much to show for it, even though he was a living legend. And the thing that really reinvented him and and made him worth financial um, stature was a man called um, Mike Kappas, who, unlike a lot of managers these days, he actually cared about the guy. He he did actually care about... um, And I think that was the thing with his agency. They cared about everybody that they that they took on and, and focused on them and had their best interests, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so we reached out to him and he spoke to us for ages and, and that was the most en- enlightening chat I've ever had with anybody, I think. I think there was a few moments where we were both almost in tears as yeah. well. Yeah, ah, he's just a lovely, lovely person and he's had a great life and he's given so much to people. Mm-hmm. And you still know. does. I mean, yeah. that's what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's retired and he still spends his days um, going through stuff to put out um, to is it some museum, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. To make sure that you know all the all the kind of receipts and transcripts and things to make sure that that everything's remembered and and carried on. Um, so you know he's still busy, 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 and it's not for his own benefit at all. So. And I mean, just to just to like understand the actual. Um, the ability of the guy um, JJ Kale called him the best in the business bar none um, he had 116 Grammy nominations from artists that he had on board mm-hmm. um, 28 wins mm-hmm. um, I believe he's had uh, 7 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions and um, 20 Blues Hall of Fame Inductions, and he was one of them personally as well. And um, in his retirement, he's had the, the likes of Ruthie Foster trying to kind of get him out of retirement to to look after her. Um, you know, so yeah, he is. He really is the best in the business and a lovely person. So let's let's actually just hear a bit about um, a, a bit about it from him himself here, because mm-hmm. he was lovely to talk to. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it is. And I, I think I came from a small town in northern Wisconsin, 40,000 people, extremely white. I never heard the blues until I was 19 years old right. at all, except, you know, filtered through Led Zeppelin, Jeff Beck. Yeah, like yeah, that. stolen. But, yeah. Um, so I think, and I had a very small town mentality. I had no dreams of music business or big anything significant or going even traveling significantly whereas now i've been around the world many times um so i think for me every every situation uh i was really flattered and, and proud to be part of and wanted to do everything i could for the people i admired another big factor is when we decide to take somebody on the first priority was do they move us you know, not just can we make oh, money. That was, hey, I, you know what? That That's a big deal, eh? Because there's too many people only see money, you know? Yes. And I think that's... See, I got that, though. That comes across in your character because when I watched you for the first time on that pro film, I felt that, eh? I said as much to you, eh? Mm -hmm. I said, this guy, he actually cares about the guy. He doesn't yeah. care about how much he can sell, although he probably wants to get the best from it. He actually cares about how... He deals with that as well. Uh, Mars, I, I think that's an, an... And it does come across to anybody who's paying attention. That was ob it was obvious to me. So, as you can tell... Um, You're quite passionate about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a couple of words I had to... Uh, I took a lot of editing skills, i tell you that. I? <laughs> I had to be half an hour to get one word out. That, 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 that F word has is, is, is been in my life when it comes to time, like, honestly. See you between me and Dave Arcani. See between me and Dave Arcani. There must have been a good couple of hours worth of editing there for four words. The thing is, though, is you you managed to do this whole thing without it, so you should try practicing your. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just when I was speaking to somebody um, <laughs> or at somebody a lot of the time. So, um, so uh, you can tell he, he did actually. Um, he did actually invest in people, you know, mm -hmm. to the point where um, it was. It was beneficial for both parties, which is kind of what it's about. And to be, I think, to be successful in music um, of any kind of weight, you need somebody who's willing to look after you and care about you. Absolutely. You know, I think that's the biggest thing lacking these days in all walks of life, not just music. Mm -hmm. You know, too much selfishness. But um, it was so good at it that he actually attracted people at Muddy Waters. So. Exactly, and somebody that had never even heard of the blues till they were nineteen—that's no bad going, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, I'm just going to take this moment to say that if you are just tuning in, um, you need to stay to the end of the show because we've got a big announcement to make. But we're oh, keeping it to no, the end. How's, oh, why? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about that. I knew. Of course, of course, you. Are you keeping it? <laughs> are you keeping it? We're keeping it right to the end. You keeping it? Oh, shut up, you. <laughs> Are you? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? In case it's like you. Okay. <laughs> um, so the music that we've got on today is all obviously pertinent to this. That postman's been twice. I uh, saw so what she's she's <laughs> she spots them. Um, it's all pertinent to this um topic. Um, 
centred around Mike Kappas. Yeah, so whether it be artists that he wanted to work with, had worked with, or has, has been overly successful with. Mm-hmm. Or, or just basically the, thought that he There is going to be a lot, a big feature though, let's be honest, on Johnny Hooker because they aren't just working relationship material. Mm-hmm. They were lifelong friends and... Family. You know, and, well, mm-hmm. I didn't want to spoil it, but I mean... But, yeah... You know, that kind of closeness. Um, also, should point out that the first song that we kicked off the show with was An Absolute Peach, and it was The Staple Singers with I'll Take You There, just if you want to go and check it out. Um, and you might want to hold on to that information as well for you know future months. Um, if you enjoyed it, because it's one of your favourites now, isn't Oh, I love it, it. and mm-hmm. I love all the remixes of it. I love all mm-hmm. the, you know, aye, absolutely. Uh, so, next up for you, we've got Muddy Waters. Let the good times roll. This was your choice. Yep. Yeah, because um, I don't know. I I never really listened to his version, so I thought it was pretty cool that I can learn something as well. Mhm. Here we go. Oh, I thought I was going to get away with it, but no. Uh, so enjoy. We'll be back after this.
Thank you. 
king? Know what I like about the guy? Not a goddamn thing. I wanna know how can four years seem so long? And we're back. So who was that then? That was me that done that. I know. <laughs> all right. All right, you mean playing. That was Elvin Bishop with uh, Charlie Musselwhite. Elvin Bishop was one of the the original um, members of the Paul Butterfield Band. And um, Charlie Musselwhite is Charlie Musselwhite, you know? He's the, he's the coolest guy in the business, like. Well, it's like Rolf Harris now. <laughs> Out of all the people you could have mentioned. <laughs> That's so t- I, drew, I just for the listeners, I drew a pair of bibs on the <laughs> on the notepad, but I drew, I drew it like a nine year old, right? So like it was like a circle with a dot in the middle, and she's now turned it into a wee guy. A wee pair with of a moustache. I think that's a moustache. <laughs> it better be a moustache because if it's anything else, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, it was a moustache. I must ask you a question. I know you're going to say that, so I'm getting it out there first. Oh, <sighs> right, anyway, so. Um, it's mad, right? Because so, so we were talking to Mike um, about all these amazing experiences I had. Um, he knew quite a lot of our friends and people that we had already speaking to, like Sonny Landreth and whatnot. And um, in fact, you know, like I was quite surprised that even you know these top level managers are still in that same kind of community. Mm, you know mm-hmm. this 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 underlying community family feeling that we keep going on about. Yeah. Even at his level, after doing the George Thurgood tours, the John Lee Hooker career, and all this other stuff, he's still part of this same community of us and still helped us with other contacts. Remember? That's right. Uh-huh. He, he helped us with and another was, show and. Uh, and he was telling us about that. I've written that down. We need to to work on that as well. Um, a lady who is is just released an album and she's at like 100 isn't she yeah that's right yeah um and if you go on the the rosebudus.com website you'll see all his attributes and and all these amazing people that he's worked with mm-hmm. um i, I want to see, it's betty reed saskin uh, it's in my yeah sorry that's um right. so do it again and, and we're going to have issues now <laughs> what are you okay. laughing at so <laughs> should we I hear a wee bit more from the man himself yes 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 before the, anybody used the term mission statement, I basically wrote down a mission statement to keep it small and so that nobody feels like they're left out. Yeah. And you talk about John Lee Hooker. Um, I think he had not been cared about. You know, he had multiple agencies offering gigs to his manager who was really not a caring person at the time. She was just collecting money and didn't care if the gigs cancel or played or not. And... Uh, after a while, actually, she frustrated me so much. I told Johnny I had to quit, 
And he said, wait a second, wait a second. He contacted the manager and fired her so, and to keep mm, me on. I love her. I love her. <laughs> That's possibly my favourite story <laughs> completely. <laughs> but um, but go and play the other bit. Are you want to go straight into that? Aye. Cool. Aye, we need to put the song on that, but that's fine. Um, are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, of the, the people you mentioned, one of my favourites uh, is Sonny Landreth. Oh, really? And he's got such a personal sound. You know, it's not like anybody else. Yeah. Um, and he's a great guy. You know, I, I booked him in a sense. I booked John Hyatt and John Hyatt in the, the Goners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the Goners, you know. So, yeah. um, and I w- was asked about booking him years ago, and at the time he was really pretty unknown outside Lafayette, Louisiana, and New Orleans, I suppose. And I just didn't feel that I could satisfy what he would need or or secure enough money for him to get him on the road because what we do is national or did is national and international touring so one way or the other um we had we couldn't do the job if somebody wasn't in the position to be able to tour nationally and internationally and i didn't like i say i didn't feel i could get the money for him at the time and you know i don't have any real regrets about my career but but um you know i would have liked to have worked with sonny and we remain friendly you know we don't run into each other anymore really to speak of but so can seven. we can we I know I know you've got seven minutes to fill <laughs> I have got seven minutes to fill because I said so well you keep drawing pictures on that that isn't a spaceship no it's now a wee man in a, in a t-shirt right okay I'm moving the notepad away from you <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right so no crayons either <laughs> <clears throat> so um, yeah Sonny Landreth is one of my personal favourite players as well so I reckon you, if folk haven't heard Sonny Landreth before, I believe that um, you should put on this next song now so that it can relate to what he means by a personal sound. I will, I will in just a moment because so that this is actually one of my favourites of his um, but um, you know, we might have people who have only just started listening so it's worth mentioning that you got to speak to your, your hero yeah, yeah. For, so, uh, yeah. for ages. Aye, aye, Sonny Landreth was amazing I, and I actually do feel like I'm, I'm being dropped into this dream life that now with all these people that I've met and and I'm continuing to meet. I mean, this week I spoke to uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard and and Sugar Ray Rayford mm-hmm. and Ian Siegel mm-hmm. all back to back. I'm floating backwards and forwards through the room, going hi. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, and, and, and like in our jammies, or there was that one time you had a face mask on. <laughs> oh well, you know, has to be done. Uh, remember, I, I actually thought somebody had just flung a salad at you. I was doing, I was making dinner. Um, one of the times that you were you were talking to someone, and I was running backwards, but I say running. It was the the Chanelli brothers. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't run. I have bad knees. I I was <laughs> lolloping. <laughs> I was moving backwards and forwards between. I, know, I thought we were getting invaded again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that I could shout questions. Oh, Don't forget, yeah. Help us the English. They've <laughs> <laughs> so got extra horses. <laughs> no, if I, you were getting invaded it, and it was me, it would not be the English, would it? No, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> 
Hello. Farmers. So anyway. Right. Can we That's why it? I don't do my family tree. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you keep getting a bit of facial hair kind of crop up there. I used it's, to it's like a postage stamp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. Let's, right. Let's go. Get a song on before we get kicked off there. <laughs> Blues Attack, Sunny Landry. Yeah, you know you got trouble when you call on the phone. The stranger tell you 
you did not like that, you're either deaf or dead. <laughs> but I need to tell you, if you did like it, which I hope you did, Sonny Landreth is actually playing at Daryl's house on Tuesday 12th. Now what is Daryl's house for anybody who has no idea? And um, where can they find it? Hollow Notes. Not Daryl. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure about the, the, the live stream settings, but to all of our um, East Coast American friends, um, it's th- the tickets are available if you go on to um, Sonny Landers' page, his oh. Facebook page. They're quite readily available. And it's a very new post. He only he only posted it um, on Monday. so. And I think we've actually shared it over to our Facebook page as well. So. I'm, sure, I'm sure I did it on Wednesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Cool. So here's me doing um, calendar mathematics and gymnastics here. I know. I'm so impressed. You know, always. Um, so we've still got some amazing chat to come up. And what's going on, Miss? It's unplugged again. We're going to run out of juice. You need to go under the desk. Right. Okay. And That's just an excuse these days, I think. No, it's gone off. Right. Okay. Well, I'll go and do it then. Right. I'm going under. <laughs> going under. Yes, that is a bit of an issue because now the the thing's gone off as well. So I can't even put on a song <laughs> or anything. That's come on. Where's the... Uh, aha! Oh, here a wee angel. Look at you, Mr Fixer. Was that good? <laughs> so... I've um, got the right haircut for going down there. I'd scale my... Oh, what's that? Uh, so we've got, uh, as I said, some more fantastic chats with Mike Kappas and we've got some awesome music so at the top of the hour um the hour in for us that is um we have what we like to call back to back tracks yes and uh, we've got two john lee hooker and two george thorogood now you will know why when we're finished but yes so you've got that to look forward to and uh, um both of them john lee hookers are awesome like yep one of them can be Credited greatly to to our man, Mike Caffis, mm-hmm. which is why it's on there. Um, and the other and one, I think anybody who knows uh, John Lee Hooker will know that song. Yeah, but this actual this actual song though includes let's have a stab. I'll probably miss somebody out, but um, it includes Carlos Santana, John Lee Hooker, Bonnie Ray, and Los Lobos. Not too shabby. I think there's somebody else I've missed. Well, you can have a wee Google when I put on um, some more mic. Yeah, right, okay, go for it then. So, um, we will let you know if he's, you know, but I'm pre- I have faith in you. I do. Oh. oh, well, he was, he had, uh, he was a legend when I started working with him, but he was one of those where you apply the word legend to somebody who's not known to the general public and kind of indicate that they're important, but not happening right now. Um, he did have, you know, name recognition among the blues fans, of course. And so he had that bass before he had a hit before I was born, you know, the year before I was born. Yes. Um, and he was famous three times in his life, but that third time eclipsed the others. The third time being launched with the healer. Record Santana. I, I coordinated. Well, Santana, Los Globos, Bonnie Raitt, Charlie Musselwhite. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. others. I can tell you actually right offhand how that started. Oh so yeah, please do. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I was John Lee's agent, but not his manager. So 
I was coordinating bookings and everything, but I was not uh, responsible for his recording. And at the time, there was no manager. So it was just me talking to John Lee, coordinating bookings. And uh, Van Morrison contacted him wanting to do something together. And they had been friends 20 years before that in England. Uh, John Lee spent a lot of time in England prior to that. And uh, so John Lee was, you know, kind of unclear about the situation. And I said, did you want me to talk to him? And he said, yeah, that'd be great. So I, I met Van, he was in the area, in the Bay Area here at the time and talked with him about uh, his interest in doing something with John Lee. And uh, it didn't happen at the time, actually. This was 1983, I remember, because I was booking Muddy Waters as well. And uh, Van asked how Muddy was doing. And I had to say that he was doing okay. I was, the manager had forced me to tell everybody that Muddy was okay when he actually wasn't. Um, oh, and so I remember clearly, my first conversation with Van Morrison, I had to lie to him. Um, but uh, I did a lot with Van later on. But at any rate, uh, Van expressed this interest, and it didn't really come together at the time. Van was, it didn't didn't follow up. Later, Carl Tannen, who lives in the Bay Area, he was San Rafael, about a half of San Francisco. And... Uh, he was a big fan of John Lee's and John Lee would play frequently at a club called Sweetwater in Mill Valley. And he liked the owner. He could do much larger venues, but really liked the owner of the club and the vibe of the club. So um, he would play there frequently and Carlos would playing there. And he, so George Thurgood had put a, a John Lee Hooker song on each of his records to that date and was a huge John Lee Hooker fan, had met John and become you know, acquainted with him. Yeah, yeah. And he called me one time and specifically about recording with John Lee and said, if John Lee makes a record, I want to be part of it, you know, similar to Carlos. And so while I hadn't been dealing with that on John Lee, I did, it sparked an idea. As John Lee's agent, I'd also gotten communications from fans yeah. wishing that John Lee was more like earlier records and, uh, playing more acoustically uh, without production trickery or anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had that in mind, fans wanting something more low key. And also the, the fact that uh, Ben Morrison, Carlos Santana and George Thurgood all wanted to record with John. But I also spent a lot of time on the road with John and I knew Bonnie Raitt loved him. I knew that Los Globos really liked him a lot. And there's a history with Robert Cray where uh, they had established a relationship that I initiated actually. And uh, so I knew there was others yeah. that felt the yeah. same way. So I thought not in the, from the standpoint of making money, but from the standpoint of uh, almost like an, an audio scrapbook that John Lee could say, proudly this is me with my friend carlos santana this is me with my friend van yeah, morrison yeah yeah i get that and, I so get on. and vice versa for carlos santana and george thurgood yeah this is me with john lee hooker absolutely you know and, and not really thinking in terms of uh economic success or big sales or anything just really a personal organic thing between all the players yeah but as it came together and we took 
quite a while to put it together. It was not like we'll be recording these two weeks. We took the opportunities of people being available and in the area and uh, over a period of a year and a half or so to put them together in the studio. And uh, as it all came together very well, great recordings and, and a great collection of people, I felt like this deserves the best shot it can get. So I'd gotten inf interest from a couple of small blues labels, but I really felt like it had greater potential to cross over to a mass audience, a mainstream audience. So it took a while and frustrated some of the people involved that it took a while to get a deal. But John Lee at the time had done about a hundred records. Uh, you could look in a John Lee Hooker record bin and see greatest hits and uh, oh, aye, that golden right. hits or whatever. On multiple labels, yeah. On multiple yeah. labels and under multiple names as well, eh? Well, the multiple name situation was not as as current. You know that goes way back and. All right, okay. And they weren't in the Johnny Hooker bins. Okay. You know, those were pretty rare. Those were mainly 78s and everything, of which I have a, a collection. Uh, All right, okay, cool. Um, but at any rate, um, people, the record labels were extremely conservative about this, and they looked at his previous sales. His previous sales were horrible because, yeah. uh, like I say, you could buy the greatest hits of Johnny Hooker for nine ninety nine, or buy the new record that nobody knows anything about for fifteen dollars or something. Yeah. And so, anybody interested in checking out Johnny Hooker would naturally go for the older hits packages. And uh, so there was a really bad, not a good sales history for John Lee. And I was trying to get people to look at the future, not the past. What this record is, not what the last record was. Yeah. And Finally made some deals at less money than I would have liked, but uh, much better than the initial offers. And uh, yeah, some very strange things happened. Uh, U2 had a record label at the time, and oh, they yeah. made an offer for the world outside of North America, which was a pittance, you know, it was, it was embarrassing. And uh, Silvertone Records wanted to make an offer, but they didn't want to offer for the United States. They hadn't released a record in the United States yet, and they didn't want to be uh, categorized as a blues label. They wanted to be, they had uh, Stone Roses at the time, oh, and they didn't okay. want to be known in America only for blues. So they passed on America and, and thereby missing out on sales of 600,000 records in America. Oh. Uh, and you too missing out on sales of over a million yeah. offered a fittance for. Um, so people didn't recognize the potential. At any rate, uh, yes, yeah, so I ended up, and Johnny had asked me to be his manager, but I was not a big fan of his band at the time and didn't want to be the manager of that band. Okay. But it, in the process of putting this together, we were doing more than typical managers. And so I decided to just go ahead and accept the role of manager. And we worked incredibly hard on this. At the time, uh, billboard charts were made up of about 170 some retail outlets, some of them individual mom and pop stores and some of them chains. And they would wait, they would send in their top selling records and billboard would give more weight to 
one that represented a chain yeah, or a like Los Angeles Tower store or something, yeah. as opposed to mom and pop store in central Illinois. Yeah. So we called all of those people every week, 170 some retail outlets made up the billboard chart right, man. and finding out, do you have the record? Are you focusing on the record? They'd say, yes, but we need posters or yes, but we need an in-store play copy, things like that. So we would get to the record company, send these 12 places posters, send these 25 places uh, oh, wow. in-store play copies. We really did the job of a record company on top of management and production. So put a lot of heart into that. And uh, yeah, it really changed John Lee's life. Um, I... Were you impressed? Why? Great. So anyway, how cool is that guy? Like, so, I mean, look at the effort they went into mm-hmm. actually putting that together. Eh? Do you know what I mean? Aye, I mean, having to call all those places just to, you know, but that's um, that's what needs to be done, I think. Um, record labels should be doing that, but unfortunately, record labels only care about this. Um, you know, you talk about agencies having a 700 roster and only caring about the top 10. Mm-hmm. So everybody goes on about, oh, yeah, I'm signed to Universal, I'm signed to Republic, I'm signed to this, I'm signed to that, and then they get nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They get absolutely nothing. Because they're not in that top five bracket of pop stars that they put all their effort into. Do you know, actually, um, so I was doing a bit of research uh, for uni, and, um, and obviously it's not music-related, but it's the same with uh, publishing houses. You know, you've got these publishers that are are huge, and um, you know they they get all these manuscripts and books and everything submitted to them, and some you know some of them get taken on, but they're bumped down to you know lower level, and they don't get the attention that they they you should get because they're not seen as you know as exciting as these other names that they're looking after as well. So, um, you know, I sometimes wonder if you're better off going with a, a smaller. Um, unknown as as much as yeah. you know, kind of name. Yeah, and I think well, I suppose I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of financial change hand, you know, that goes on, and I think I don't know I don't know what what to say about that actually in modern society because after the pandemic, after the crushing um, changes that have been placed on artists, and in actual fact, it's not really changes. The fact is, it's not changes. There's been the crushing fact that there's no changes. Pubs and clubs and people in general are still paying the same pittance mm-hmm. for for the same amount of um, music f- for a lot more effort because the artists are having to do more for themselves. Um, the fact of the matter is, is inflation's went through the roof, so it costs those individual people a lot more money to to live. You know, and mm-hmm. they're getting the same amount of money for everything they do, and it's not right. You know, and shows are shows are struggling to sell out. Um, people are scared to buy tickets in advance. I am venues mean. are venues are scared to to book shows in advance. So I mean, I think um, Mike Capas is a perfect example of one in a million type of person. You know, who mm-hmm. who can make make the the axe grind proper. You know, who actually does work for. You yeah, know, yeah, and, and as well to catch the slack of the people in the chain that don't, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and all all for the sake of the artist. So I mean, like, um, I definitely got to send in that type of business, like, you know. 
Absolutely. Um, so that, that anyway, sorry, to on. But no. um, you've just heard him talking about um, the healer. Now that album kind of reinvented John Lee Hooker with all these people. You heard them talking about you know Bonnie Raitt, Lost Lovers, Charlie Musselwhite, you know Carla Santana. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's. Bonnie Raitt loved him, didn't she? Oh aye, aye. Um, see, aye. I'm in the mid. I've got a song. She had a thing, yeah. They had uh, they had a good chemistry. I mean, she even says that, doesn't she? Right. Like they had a good chemistry. Um, so yeah. So what we've got for you is, um, the healer, and I can't believe this weather, and uh, boom boom. And what else have we got? We've also got mm. um. Uh, we've got a wee a wee cool curveball. Mm-hmm. So we've got um. We? We've got well. Look, I'm not, I don't know what to talk about there. No, I know. All right, well, stop spoiling it. Did you do this every show? You were away to go, and we've got, and yes, and in my underwear drawer I have this a surprise, and that a surprise, and then the listeners are like, oh, cheers, mate. You know, we were looking for a wee teaser, which the gator was just, right, pinned to give us, and you just went like, did I? Not today, Josephine. But I didn't. Get a song on, eh? <laughs> See what I have to put up with. Anyway, enjoy some back-to-back tracks and we will probably go and shout at each other while you're listening. Woman left me. 
you right down Right off of your feet Take you home with me Put you in my house you love me
Aye, so we've got um, we've got some more chat to put on here, and uh, so this is him talking about George Thorogood. You know, so that was my beginning with John Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my very end was amazingly. Uh, we'd had some troubles at the end with people trying to horn in on my job and causing trouble and uh, just awkward circumstances. And I called John Lee and we talked for a little bit and and uh, you know ended up with me saying I love you and him saying I love you and those oh, were the last man. words we spoke to each other. Oh uh, man, which oh, is pretty right. amazing because yeah, we never absolutely. said it before, you know. And at any rate. John Lee was a big thing and another one that's not so much personal but kind of monumental was booking George Thurgood in all 50 United States and Washington DC on 50 consecutive nights and putting that together outside of uh, Hawaii and Alaska everything driven in his checker cab and averaging about 250 miles a day it took a lot of work to yeah yeah I can go into this corner of this state and cover that state and this corner of that state and make it all work. Hi, let's let's just go for it. Right, so we've got a, we've got an epically long, but uh, no, there was two songs actually, right, and they were both John Lee Hooker songs, but they were both played by George Thurgood. So. Mm -hmm. Aye, I was just going to say epically long, but ep epically good. All right, okay, sorry, um, sorry, did I cut you off there? Yes. Did I forget to let you speak? Yes, you did. We must get those stickers made. This, this is like just our life, you know. Anyway, you will enjoy this, absolutely. And we will be back soon, at some point anyway. I want to tell you a story About the house went blue I come home one Friday Had to tell the landlady I done lost my job she said, that don't confront me, long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday I come, I didn't get the rent, and out the door I went. So I goes to the landlady. I said, you let me slide. I have the rent for it tomorrow, the next day I don't know. So let me slide it on, you know, people. I notice when I come home in the evening, she ain't got nothing nice to say to me. But for five years, she was so nice. Lord, she would love her, it. I come home one particular evening. The landlady said, you got the rent money yet? I said, no. Can't find no job. Therefore, I ain't got no money to pay the rent. She said, I don't believe you're trying to find no job. Said, I seen you today, you were standing on a corner, leaning up against a post. I said, but I'm tired. I'm all day. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday, I come out in the rent. And out the door I went. So I go down the streets, down to my good friend's house. I said, look, man, I'm outdoors, you know. Can I stay with you maybe a couple days? 
He said, oh, let me go and ask my wife. He come out of the house. I could see his face. I know there was no. He said, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, she kind of funny, you know. I said, I know. Everybody funny. Now you funny, too. So I go back home. I tell the landlady, I got a job. I'm gonna pay the rent. She said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. And then she was so nice. my things and I go I slip on out the back door down the streets I go she are uh, hollering about the front rent she'll be lucky to get in the back rent she ain't gonna get none of it so I stop in the local bar you know people I go to the bar I rent my coat I call a bartender So look, man, come down here. He got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Well, I ain't seen my baby since I don't know when. I've been drinking bourbon whiskey, scotch and gin. Gonna get high, man, I'm gonna get loose. Need me a triple shot of that juice. Gonna get drunk, don't Have no fear. I want one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. But I'm sitting out at the bar. I'm getting drunk. I'm feeling mellow. I'm drinking bourbon, I'm drinking scotch, I'm drinking beer. Look down a bar. Here comes a bartender. Doesn't look mad. Come down here. So what you want? No one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. No, I ain't seen my baby since the night before last. Gotta get a drink, man, I'm gonna get gas Gonna get high, man, I ain't had enough Need me a triple shot of that stuff Gonna get drunk, won't you listen right here I want one bourbon, one shot, one beer One bourbon, one shot, one beer Well, all right
You know when your mouth is getting dry, you're plenty high. Look down the bar, I see to my bartender. I said, look, man, come down here. You got down there. So what you want this time? I said, look, man, what time is it? He said, the clock on the wall said three o'clock. The last call for alcohol. So what you need? One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Oh, I ain't seen my baby since a night on a week. Gotta get drunk, man, so I can't even speak. Gonna get high, man, listen to me. One drink ain't enough, Jack, you better make it three. Gonna get drunk, I'm gonna make it real clear. I want one bourbon, one scotch, one beer, one bourbon. you've just joined us and wondering who on earth you've been listening to <laughs> uh, this is Gaulty Negator and we were talking I'm Gaulty <laughs> apparently I mean <laughs> I'm Gaulty <laughs> I'm the cute one he's the brains I know I've got a lisp apparently uh, <laughs> we have been talking to Mike Kappas um, so that's who you're about to hear from now. He's got a funny story about uh, John. It's a, a very similar kind of funny story, actually. It's <laughs> actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've, we were uh, fortunate enough to have um, a good hour or so. Yeah, um, over an hour. I mean, you were crying at one point, and I was just about the back of you. Aye. Uh, he's a lovely guy, and the best, uh, the best um, Roots music manager that the world has ever seen. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. Um, he's he's incredible. Um, 
incredibly nice to talk to, incredibly approachable uh, and incredibly invested in the artists themselves. Yeah, still and very helpful. Um, and uh, I have to be honest, um, we've named the show the unsung hero and he most definitely is. Yes, oh absolutely, I mean I mean, everybody talks about um, Muddy Waters in later his career, um, the George Thurgood uh, 50 States and 50 consecutive nights, everybody talks about Johnny Hooker's The Healer and uh, you know there's all these, the staple singers, um, Elvin Bishop, Charlie Musselwhite, the, the 116 Grammy nominations, the 28 wins, the 7 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations and uh, and um, the the twenty nominations are uh, uh, inductees into the uh, Blues Hall of Fame. Mike Caff has been one of them, and all of that happened under his agency that he built up from the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, based on the premise that he wanted to focus on artists individually and and, and care about them, and that's what he did. And I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, you're going to hear some more from the man himself just now. In relationship with John Lee. Um, we talked basically every day, pretty much, and sometimes multiple times a day for 20-some years. So it's a relationship that really had a lot of basis to it. Um, I'd go on the road. I'd uh, signed Muddy Waters a few years into uh, starting my agency, and there was an article, extensive article on my fifth anniversary of this in the Bay Area newspaper, San Francisco Chronicle Examiner. And I guess John Lee was not literate, so somebody must have read it to him. But I mentioned in there about, uh, you know, signing Muddy being a big milestone for me. And uh, John Lee was kind of jealous about that, actually. Mm -hmm. Brought it up to me about, what about me? Like, you know, so. um, But we talked all the time. We listened to baseball at, at our, each of us at our homes. But somebody would hit a home run and all of a sudden the phone would ring and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. just to be, did you hear that? <laughs> Not who it is or anything like that. It's John Lee just knowing mm-hmm. that I I was listening to the game too. Um, I've got so many stories about him. He was at he was actually a giant a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And there's a huge rivalry between Los Angeles and San Francisco. So he never talked to me about that, but I knew about it and uh, he was playing a gig in Seattle at the 2,500 seat theater one time during baseball playoffs. And he brings it up on stage and says, I'm actually a Dodger fan. Mike doesn't know that. And here's 2,500, <laughs> know, haven't got a clue about who Mike That's is. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. He would call our office and there was a, Flip Wilson was a comedian here and he had a bit where he called himself Geraldine and he talked like a, uh, this black woman, you know, this Geraldine, you know, so John Lee would call our office <laughs> and anybody that he called, he'd, he'd ask if Mike is there, is Mike there, you know, <laughs> and, and then uh, they'd say, who is this? And, it's Geraldine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and sometimes he would trick a new person answering the phones at our office. So I'd pick up the phone and he'd be laughing still at having tricked the secretary or something. <laughs> Great sense of humor. You know, when we uh, would do videos, when you know we assigned him with contemporary uh, record labels when we had that opportunity, and at that time in the '80s, '90s, you know, uh, if you're on a contemp- if you're going to go anywhere on a contemporary record label, you had to do videos that were suitable for MTV. Oh, yeah, and, so, yeah. and when we would do that, the record label would reach out to five or six 
producers or directors and have them submit their proposals. And they would all come in with, it's a deep, dark, mysterious Mississippi scene or whatever, you know, thinking that's John Lee. And I said, no, really, he's, he's all about a sense of humor, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, he loved that more than anything. He loved people. Um, I'll tell you, as far as the closeness, um, I'd come to shows and I, I was a bachelor and I'd come to a show with a, a girlfriend and then maybe a few months later, maybe a different girlfriend and so on. John Lee never said a word about it. Um, but one time I came with my, my now wife and we came backstage and before he even said hello, he said, I'll be your best man. <laughs> and he was. You know? oh. oh, that's my, I, I tell you what, imagine being able to tell people that John Lee was your best man. That's, well, a, that, that's touching as anything. It was um, a great wedding. Aaron Neville was the wedding singer. And oh, I was looking at everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. And Robert Craig played, John Lee played with him. Aaron Neville played. They all jammed together. Um, John Hammond as well. Oh, I love John. Listen, that was the wedding band. Massive John Hammond. Wow. Fun, right? yeah. I know. Can you imagine? imagine? <laughs> I know, I know. You're like, what? Can you imagine that for your wedding band, though? No. I think you'll be your wedding band. <laughs> I thought it was off. I thought that was a secret. Because your other secret... You said you're not keeping it, so I said, well, I'm not getting married to you. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's not how it works. I mean, I'll still do the show with you, but I mean, I'm a free man now, like. Ah, yeah. Free to a good home. And your dreams. Actually, free to a bad home. <laughs> <laughs> free to any, any home, any home that'll take him, really. <laughs> no, no returns. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mm. Uh, you should have kept the receipt with me then. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, how cool, how cool would that be? No, no. What, getting rid of me? No, I haven't. Oh, right, yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know. know. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure it was better than that. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> don't try and do it again. Don't, you're not going to help. Um, so I, I mean, I think that's really cool. The fact that see John Lee Hooker um, being your best man. Oh, I know. I think that's a testament to how good a manager and a person he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and still is, to be fair. Aye, absolutely. You know, I think um, we've picked the perfect guy to do a show about. I know, and I could, we could just see. I was saying about this on um, on my show on Wednesday that um, you know, with the time difference, with a lot of the people that we're speaking to, uh, it's it's murder at times because we are, you know, we are sitting here at like um, midnight talking to somebody else, and it's the middle of the afternoon where they are, and they're yap 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 yap, and we're like, we need to watch because we quite got up with you know, children. <laughs> so it's, uh, but you know, quite a lot of the times we could just sit and yap away um, because everybody's got so many interesting stories, but by far he had the best. And Absolutely. Aye, so told, the, told them the best as yeah. well. I think, um, well, Michael Messer as well and, and, and Dave Arcari, we could probably do a late night one with him so that we don't have to clip it. You know, I think yeah. everybody actually, to be honest, um, Oh, yeah, Eric, I could, I could happily Bibb. go back. Oh, it was Nathan's face, Eric Bibb. I know, I know. He was standing in, in the other, uh, the other side of the door, and I could see him. 
and um, and he couldn't see the screen, but he could hear the voice, and I could just see the realization dawning on his face. It's, it's mad because it, like to think I've actually played guitar for these guys too, you know. And, I know. You know it's crazy. You need to watch that back and see his reaction, honestly, because you yeah. were obviously you were paying attention to what you were doing, and um, and I was I was watching his reaction to your playing. So this whole um, is it, oh, is it, nah. Mm-hmm. Right, Honestly, right, okay. no, well, listen. Um, I didn't want to cut you off there, Darren. But um, so this is called uh, the unsung hero of the blues, right? And it was about McCaffrey. But I just realised that um, it reminded me of another very important person that we we need to do a show about mm-hmm. as well, who's doing a, a program called Blues with a Healing, mm-hmm. and he goes around um, like homeless shelters and and um, rehab, uh, rehab clinics and libraries and, and offers like music programs to people, ex-veterans and, and everything else. So his name is Steve Vasquez and uh, he, he's a big player in the Central Iowa um, Blue Society. He was actually, it was talking to him, we spoke to him on the phone, um, was it last summer? Yeah, yeah, and we wanted to do this before, remember? Mm-hmm. And um, it We was never talking... had the facilities at the time, I don't think. No, and talking to him... Um, you know, and obviously then doing this show with you was what gave me the inspiration for doing the the music as a healer um, show that I did. And when I really looked into it, um, you know, the frequencies and everything, if you remember that one. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I do. Oh. And, yeah, you know, so I love what he's doing and I think it's something that we should try and do here, um, personally. Yeah, I, I think there's a um, scope for it. We need to get a bit of support from from the locals and and from um, and from my fans. Idea. From my fans, I think I would need um, I need a bit more support to get it going. But, um, but I absolutely, think Stephen, I think, we move I think forward we with phase two of of our life plan. Yeah, yeah. You know the. Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. I think we could use that as a. Absolutely, a, as yeah, a absolutely. And I think that all the people that we've spoken to b- that will be involved, mm-hmm. your Eric Bibb and your. And your Sonny Landreth and your Mark Broussard. I know. And you know, these guys are going to help Rush. us. Bobby Rush is <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> he's <laughs> the best. I I think we should just listen to his clip again just for a laugh. Right, but anyway, right. Let's go and right. Let's fire fire this um fire this wee clip on okay. from your man, and then have we got time for a song? Yeah, we've got GG uh, Kale to put on. Awesome. I'm very bad at timekeeping, apart from musically. So. Mm-hmm. We've got JJ Kale to put on, and um, and then we've got our. our oh, yeah, oh yeah, we need to announce that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we've got a cool, a who, cool who, song. Who, who won? You have you got the winner there? No, not yet. We'll sort that out while we're doing all this. Right, um, yeah. oh, so oh my god! <laughs> do you do anything? I do lots. Thank you very much. You'd starve to death if it wasn't for me. Yeah, and I'd be wearing dirty clothes, but I would live. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe starve to death, but I'd survive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. It's like I woke up dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. It's a good job I like you. I you can't know. wait to put you back in the ground, that's like my <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Steve Vasquez and you're listening to Galsy and the Gators Blues and News Show.
that I'm always the bad guy how, how long have we got not long enough uh, that was Ian Siegel with wait a minute no, don't you don't moon. you smooth over <laughs> don't you don't you smooth over don't your you abuse <laughs> <laughs> right so anyway right so abuse. we picked <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of it I'm sick of it <laughs> um, so we put him on because um, he's got a show coming up mm-hmm. um, backstage at Greens 23rd of might be twenty second actually. I shall just go on and have a wee look. Twenty second of April, backstage at the Green Zinc and Ross. Um Oh it'll not be on there, it'll be on uh, there. It should either. be on there as well. So um just my secretary is just having a look. The big, if you need a hand with the big words, I'll I'll help you. Wait, what's it called? Kinross. It's a place. Twenty second, I can see it for you. Right, right. thank you. Right, go. okay. Right. Oh, yeah, oh my, <laughs> oh my God! Right, so twenty second, backstage at the Greenskin Ross. Tickets are very reasonable. I suggest everybody in Scotland goes because um, this is the thing that is going to keep them coming to Scotland. It's making it worth his while, you know. And um, ticket sales are, uh, you know, are something that you really need to, really need to be. Um, in front, um, in folks' for, yeah. forefront, mm-hmm. you know, because um, the venues are are making it hard for artists to book. So get them now while we still can, because they'll be less than they would normally have been, you know. Aye, so he's, he's them, doing a, a belter of a tour. So go and check out um, Ian Siegel on Facebook and give his page a like and a follow, and then you get all the information of his. Because you know, depending on where you are listening from, um, you'll be able to catch him at quite a few places. His tour kicks off on the seventeenth of April, and uh, but he's gracing Scotland with his awesomeness on the twenty second. You've yeah. got to take him out for dinner. I know, I know. I promised him dinner well, you don't two have years to ago. Take him out for dinner. You're going to take him. Yeah, out yeah. Um. I know, I know, because he done me a favour a couple of years ago, um, mon- a monumental favour actually. So ah, it was brilliant. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So um, so I'm doing dinner, and I so. Yeah. In fact, that's how I came to so, hear yeah. about him. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So in actual fact, um, we could probably oh, I tell you that would be tricky. I think I'm going to Carlisle the day after. Mm. Well, we'll sort it. Out. We'll sort it. Out. You'll be there one way or another, and we'll get a wee show maybe, and we'll make it. We'll do some. 
Anyway. And he's, aye. So, Don't worry. So anyway, that was it. He's, so. he's well worth going to check out. Now, on my show on Wednesday, um, there'll be more about this. So if you want to tune in, it's 12 o'clock, same as everything else. But it's on Wednesday. Yeah. And we'll have some chat from him as well. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to sort you a, sort you a wee um, special. So I'll help you post a bit of that. that. Mm-hmm. Just in the next couple of days. Um. Anyway, so we picked Moonshine Money because we've got a wee a wee giveaway on the go. You yes. all thought we'd forgot, but we hadn't. So there you go. And we've decided to make it a regular. Yeah, we're going to call it Moonshine Monthly mm-hmm. because stop the press. We are actual part-time moonshiners as well. <laughs> uh, we make a variety of um, moonshine wine that uh, gets um, gifted all over the place mm-hmm. um, went down I to say yeah yeah um, some of the some of the biggest names in music in Britain have had their moonshine and so enjoyed it yep yep loved it so here's what's going to happen we done a we done a, a very suggestive picture where I, I seem to be looking at um, Fiona's cleavage or nether region and um, Fiona was looking at me as if to say it's a problem here you know type thing and we asked everybody to caption the two pictures, and we picked some winners. So, do you have yours? Because there was loads, eh? Aye, there was so many that I think um, we we've got some uh, free music download information. So we're going to be getting into we'll be like PMing people with that. Yeah. Uh, for the runners up, and um, I think we had two clear winners that deserve a bottle of moonshine. Yeah, I I know who I'm picking. Who are you picking? Colin Smith. Oh, I wanted to pick Collins. <laughs> right, well, you, well, you could pick somebody else. Oh, well, we both, uh, we both agreed. What, what was the other one that you said? That there was, there was so many. I know, there was so I know. I like, I liked, um, I liked uh, Scott Bamford's personally. What was that? Well. I can't I'm, remember. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read them all out, right? I just be careful. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. No, just a wee second, right? Um. Do you want my glasses? Oh, it's not that. It's my. It's the no- Aye, Facebook's disgraceful at the moment. It's not so much Facebook, no. It's more to do with um, the Your fact that thumbs. I've got about. Th- <laughs> <laughs> well, you, what my what big thumbs you've got? <laughs> right, okay. So that's the wrong photograph I'm looking at. So oh, aye, aye, sorry. Right, so the other one who that was amazing was Nathan Hogan actually uh, I think know. he needs shears and he only said that because he knows that I'm the hairiest man in Scotland <laughs> he knows that if, if if I run about with my clothes off at night I'll get shot by a hunter <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm I'm regarded as um, you know like people carry bear spray on a night out not pepper spray <laughs> the, wo- <laughs> the women carry bear spray at my gigs <laughs> I'm sure they don't <laughs> I've been <laughs> 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 you got it. <laughs> yeah. Or old deer spray. <laughs> <laughs> old hen. <laughs> yeah, old hen. Back <laughs> I, I, young hens. <laughs> anyway, so. I had the hen. Stop talking. So, anyway. So, Colin Smith's going to win a bottle of moonshine. Our new stuff. Scott, I think should as well. I, we can't find all the comments because we posted it too many places, which was a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, but um, so the top three. Let's go. Nathan, Colin, Colin, Scott, and Nathan. Yep. And then they're going to get a bottle of moonshine each. Then we've got ten free music downloads. Ten links. free music do- downloads for for the top ten, which means they'll get the moonshine and the download. Am I right? What the top three? 
Yeah, and then they'll and get, then and then the next seven will get a download. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. And everybody who took part, once we get these stickers printed, yeah, can get we'll, get, we'll get a sticker. Now, we're going to do so this. We've got the dentist. So it's, it's um, Moonshine Monthly. We're going to announce it at the beginning of each new month. And um, we will then announce the winners at the end of the month. Now, if you're thinking, oh, but, you know, I live abroad, fear not. Yep. We have already thought of backup yep. plans for yes. this. Yes. If you're too far away to post alcohol to legally or... Financially. Or financially... Because it can't cost us money, obviously, otherwise it's just mental. I mean, it costs us money to make it, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't want to spend it twice, but because we'll end up not surviving as a show. Or but as, as well, human beings. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you know, what, what we will do is we'll tailor, we'll tailor something to suit a winner if you're too far away. Yeah, so, and, and we've got some brilliant ideas, so it's all top class and all, all the competitions are very easy to enter. All you have to do is, is, is do the task and tag three of your friends mm-hmm. when you, when you and post, the and the page, of course, when, when you when you post your, your um, submission. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and we'll make sure that everybody gets a fair, a fair deal. And you know us, it's going to be fun because uh, if you d- follow us on our personal Facebook, yeah, I mean, you'll see what we've been getting up to between last weekend and Wednesday. Um, and me falling asleep with a bottle of whiskey in my uh, pants. Thank you very much. If uh, you think for a minute I've forgotten about that. Well, you did the Shark Week one. That's what happened. I know, that was, I know but that's... Well, Wednesday there, you put some sort of fluff on my face and accused me of facial hair. So... It's my turn next anyway, so stay tuned for this fantastic moment. I'm cooking up a cracker. Actually, there's a good competition, actually. Because, I mean, the day's the first day. Mm. So let's do um, best ideas best ideas for a prank. Best prank ideas, okay. And we can get people to send them to me or to you, depending on who, what, yeah. what team they're on, Team yeah. Gulter, Team Gator. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. I'll have me, myself, and... Maybe Colin Smith. Oh, right. There you go. You have hundreds. I'll have like two. I don't. <laughs> Mine's all be women, though. Aye, probably. I'm <laughs> 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 joking. Calm down. I'm only joking. I'm only kidding. Right. PM me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she slipped into my DMs. She was there when I opened them. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, anyway. Mind That's it. direct Just message. Just remember by that, that I'm, his, uh, I'm his secretary, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Keep Which it clean. I've got to look at them first and then go, oh, look, she's got her cleavage out for you. Anyway, at least I, I still show you. I mean, I'm a good wife. Aye, absolutely. <laughs> you don't let me download them anymore, though. That's shocking, like. Yeah. Anyway. After that one No, day. I'll tell you what, Henry. I, I would never replace you. Not only are you really good to me and I'm deeply in love with you, but when we come to do these shows, you're great with the knobs. And, and I just couldn't... I mean, I, I can't even bring myself to work them like that. I know. You know, you you've clearly had a lot of practice, and and it, it you know that's why I love you so much because you've had so much practice for the knobs. That's a good job. Mixer. There's no sliders because I'm not very good with the sliders. But anyway, we have got one last song to play out, and it's, it has to be uh, John Lee Hooker. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say one big massive thanks to to Mike Caffis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should go and check out his agency website and look at all his accolades and check out all the artists that he covered because. He played a massive part in all of their lives at one point, and he's an incredible person. Yeah, and if you've got any kind of wee messages that you want to to give to him, then you can put them underneath the the post that we've put out about this, and he'll be able to see them. 
um, because honestly, this this show was by far the easiest for us to do because we'd done all the work previously. Yeah. Um, but his stories were just oh, brilliant. heartwarming, moving, funny. Um, uh, I just he's just a lovely person, and and just a just a great part of the music community, you know. So let's get the song on. Yeah, so we're playing out with uh, Walk in the Bookie. Bookie, that is. Walk in the Bookie, eh? <laughs> I nearly made it through a whole show without... <gasps> is it sounding silly? Honestly, you wouldn't have heard my Wednesday one. Oof, I think I was still half asleep, but I had somebody else's teeth in. Anyway. I wonder where they were. Walk in the Bookie. John Lee Hooker. Um, an absolute legend of a man. Um, and the show has been about another legend of a man so I am sure this is not going to be the last time you'll be hearing about him at all absolutely not um, and we'll, hopefully we'll probably we'll more of the chat and, and uh, hopefully we'll get another chat with him because I'd love to hear some more yeah Um. Yeah. absolutely right so thanks for joining us and uh, stay tuned to the old social media um, to get the proper announcement of the um, Moonshine Monthly competition and, uh, and well done to our winners for the last one yeah absolutely Peace out. Bye-bye. Well, my mother allowed me Just to run around all night long Oh, Lord Well, my mother allowed me Just to run around all night long She didn't lie. I was slip on in a house. When I played from the town, people, I was walking down Parkway. Did everybody talking about? Look at me. I dropped in there at night. When I got there, I said, Yes, people, they were really having a ball. Oh, no. Come out. And I felt so good.